0: Good morning everyone and welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope that you will visit our website at gbcakron.org or hit the link in our bio. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to let us know by leaving us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Also, if you'd like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting GBCAkron.org giving thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast does it even feel like a new year anymore no it doesn't doesn't it i mean you, you I, I don't want to discourage you you only got 50 weeks left in the rest of this year it says how fast it's moving it's moving pretty quick 14 days into it and it already feels like uh like it felt last like year you know um we've been thinking and looking at we started a new series last week on the smile of god and uh, i want us to look at a passage together it comes out of numbers and it uh, says in this passage it says may the lord bless you and protect you may the lord smile on you and be gracious to you may the lord show you his favor and give you his peace man wouldn't that be great to experience all of that in 2024 wouldn't it I mean, it's all within our reach now here's here's the thing this is what i want us to understand something uh, as as we look uh and think about the smile of god on our lives the love of god and the smile of god are not the same thing so the love of god we always have that god always accepts us god always loves us there is nothing you and i can do to make God love us more. There is nothing you and I can do to make God love us less. He just loves us. all right. But there are things that we can do that would cause God to be pleased with the way we're living our life, that would cause God to smile. His love is never in question. Again, the the best way I know to describe it is like if, if you have kids, you always love your kids, but there are certain behaviors that come from them that just make you smile. There's other behaviors that come from them that don't make you smile, but you don't love them less. You still love them. It's just that sometimes they can do things, they can behave in such a way that you're like, oh my gosh, that's my kid. You know, throw your chest out, high five somebody, that's my kid. Well, we can do that with our Heavenly Father, where we live our lives in such a way that he looks at us and he just smiles. And, and then when com- that what comes with the smile of God are all the things listed in this verse. Man, he's, he'll, he'll protect us, he'll be gracious to us, he'll show his favor and his peace to us. These are things that we want, that we want. Several years ago, I had the opportunity uh, to go to Romania. And we partnered with a church there in Romania. This is when I was a pastor in, in Alabama. And, and, and so I became really good friends with a the pastor there in Romania. His name um, has just escaped me. <laughs> Virel. It's not an easy name to remember. Virel, Pastor Virel. And so uh, Pastor Virel was always my interpreter. When I would go to Romania and I would preach there, he would do the interpreting for me, translating things into the Romanian language. And so one day I had preached there, taught there, done something there. And in that teaching, preaching time, I used the word commitment, okay? We, you know, we, need, to be, we need to commit ourselves to read the Bible. We need to commit ourselves to prayer, commit ourselves to worship, commit ourselves to one another in serving one another. And and that's when the message was over with and he and I were talking, he sat down and he said, I need to tell you something. I said, what is it? He said, "Uh, there's no word in the Romanian language for commitment. I said, really? He said, yeah. So he said, every time you use the word commitment, we don't have a word for that. And I said, well, what are you translating it as? And he said, surrender. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And so what I want us to think about this morning, what is a behavior that you and I can have that would cause God to smile? I would dare say that most of us, if not all of us sitting here and watching online, we would say, oh God smiles on me when I'm committed to him. But I think we're wrong. I don't think commitment causes God to smile. I think surrender does. Because there's a big difference between commitment and surrender. You want to know what it is? I'm going to tell you whether you want to know or not. Okay? Here's here's the biggest difference between commitment and surrender. I'm in charge of my commitments. I choose what I'm committed to. I'm committed. A lot of times people say uh, about Americans, especially Americans in church, you will hear church leaders say, There's a commitment problem in America. People are not committed. That is absolutely false. People are committed to all kinds of things. There are families committed to sports. I mean, five, six times a week, sometimes the whole weekend. The money, the time, the schedule arranging that it takes to be involved in that activity, that is commitment. Commitment. There are people committed to their careers. I mean, they will work 60, 65 hours a week. That is commitment. Am I right? But the thing is, is we choose our commitments. There are people committed to their religion. I really appreciate that song Jason and Allie sang a moment ago about set me free from the tradition of my religions because we're committed to those traditions we com- I, I go to church on this day at this time at this hour and by golly i sit in the same seat i'm committed to it i sit by the same people i speak to the same people i'm committed to be there but we are in charge of that we choose our commitments surrender we don't choose We react. We respond. It's God saying, this needs to change in your life, and and we change then, that we surrender. See, commitment is forward thinking. This is what I'm going to do today and moving forward. I am committed to it. Surrender is always in the moment. I can't surrender tomorrow because tomorrow hasn't come yet. I can only surrender in the moment. The only time now listen, I know what some I, I have just messed some of you up. I could see it on your faces. I, I, I think I can feel it through the through the, those watching online. because, because we're, are you, Pastor, are you saying commitment's bad? No, commitment's not bad unless it gets in the way of surrendering. That's the only time commitment is a problem. I'm so committed to something that I will not surrender to the lord then commitment becomes a problem and so that's that's what i want us to think about this morning okay in fact you know honestly i give you permission if you don't want to listen to anything else the morning this morning it's okay as long as you hang on to what i just said that commitment is okay as long as it doesn't interfere with surrender that's the only time that it becomes a problem and when we live surrendered lives, God smiles. I don't think he's that crazy about our commitments. But I think he loves our surrender. And I want to show you what the Bible says about that. I want to show you because surrendering to God opens the door to the smile of God in our life. Look at Romans 6.13. Look at what this verse says. Offer yourselves to God. That means surrender. Offer yourselves to God means surrender. As those who have been have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourselves. That means I surrender all of me, every part of me, to him as an instrument of righteousness. This is when Paul was talking about what it means to be saved. He was talking about the idea that saved people are in the process of surrendering themselves to the Lord because they've been brought from death to life. And so they don't just surrender part of themselves. Do you know what we call surrendering part of ourselves? Commitment to certain things. I'm committed to that, but I will not surrender this. It's it's offering all of ourselves. And that's why I say, again, surrenders can only happen in the moment. I can't surrender tomorrow. I can only surrender today. I can make a commitment for tomorrow, though, because I'm in charge of that. Or at least we fool ourselves into thinking that sometimes. There's two reasons why we should surrender to God. Let's start there. First of all, it is the natural response to His love for us. In Romans 5 8, it says, But here is how God has shown His love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, and it was a risk. You realize that, don't you? It was a risk for Jesus to die on the cross for all of us, for all of humanity, because humanity has a choice as to what they're going to do with his sacrifice. Are they going to love him and love the fact that that he sacrificed his life for them, or will they scorn that, reject that, say, oh, that's not relevant, that's not important, That, that was nice, but I don't really need that. And it's a risk because God doesn't make any of us accept what Jesus did for us on the cross. So it's, it's a choice. And so do we surrender to that and say, you know what, that, that, that's, that's why I'm going to surrender to God because he loved me that much. He loved me when I had nothing to offer him. And here's the thing. Here's where a lot of us struggle with this is that many of us think we're really not that bad. that you know come on there's people in the world that are much worse than me that have done much worse things that I've done that's who Jesus was dying for i mean i believe in him and i trust him but why wouldn't he want me on his team i'm a pretty good person now we don't say it like that oh my goodness we behave that way and so that that becomes surrendered people understand oh my gosh i had nothing to offer I have nothing, I had nothing to offer then, I have nothing to offer now, and He loved me anyway, so I surrender myself to Him. There's another reason to surrender to Him, and that is that true worship cannot happen without surrender. Our worship of God cannot happen unless we surrender ourselves to Him. Romans 12, 1 says it this way, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's, uh, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, there it is again, Surrender surrender as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship so giving 95 percent is not enough but but i'm talking about in the moment i'm not talking about tomorrow right now surrender is all i have and and if i give all of myself right now in this moment in these decisions that i make moment by moment that's true worship of the Lord unfortunately we treat worship like a like a hobby it's what I do at a certain day of the week at a certain time of the week or it might be something that I do on my own in the morning before my day gets started and we call those moments our moments of worship worship happens all day long somebody should have said amen on that I mean, it happens all day long. It doesn't happen in a moment on a day. It can happen all day long. God cares about everything in our life, and so because of that, all of our choices that we make are are, are choices of worship. From the attitude that we have at work to the way we speak to someone. To the acts of kindness that we choose to do or don't do. To the respect that we show to someone or don't show someone. The way we deal with our anger is an act of worship. The way we treat someone who mistreats us, that's an act of worship. The way we serve our spouse or our children or the way our children obey their parents. All of that, every one of those choices is an act of worship. If you're surrendering... To the Lord and surrendering to what he wants us to do see the question becomes are we going to do things surrendered to the Lord or are we going to do things the way we want to do it and forget what the Lord says or better yet I will commit myself to some things and the rest of its mine. that's how unfortunately Some of us who follow Jesus try to live our lives, and God loves us, but he's not pleased with that. He's not pleased with our commitments, only our surrender. There's uh, three obstacles to surrender. I want us to think about them quickly this morning. One thing that gets in the way of whether we really want to surrender ourselves to the Lord is, does God really love us? In other words, can we trust him? Can we can we I mean because to surrender to someone, the whole idea behind surrender, the reason it's so hard for us is because in American culture, anytime we talk about the word surrender, it's negative. Right? I mean you don't surrender ever. You don't quit, you don't give up, you don't give in, you win at all costs, you overcome. Those are the things we hang on to. But when it comes to our relationship with God, and when it comes to his smile upon our life, it is, oh no, I must surrender to the Lord. And so there's this idea of giving, that I have to give up, I have to, I have to quit. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But, but when, when we talk about surrendering ourselves to someone the, the baseline for being able to do that is to know that that someone loves you and that you can trust them. Does God really love us and can can I really trust Him? If I surrender to him, does that mean does that mean I'm going to miss out on something? Does that mean he's going to take advantage of me? Does that mean he's going to withhold something from me if I surrender to him how do i know that he really loves me and that i can trust him well the bible tells us over and over again throughout his word that he loves us that he's we're never out of his sight he cares about every detail of our lives he has a a good plan for our lives he forgives us he's patient with us the bible is full of these types of promises to remind us of how much god loves us and cares for us But in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, look at what God's Word says. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for for our sins. We love because he first loved us. You and I don't even have the ability to love God if he didn't love us first. And when it talks about Jesus being sent as an atoning sacrifice, it's a legal term. Okay, it's, it's the idea. We're all familiar with the term of a pardon, right? Where a governor may pardon a criminal or the president may pardon someone who's been accused of something. When someone receives a pardon, it does not mean they did not commit the crime. It means they do not have to pay the penalty for the crime. When Jesus died on the cross for you and I, he did not just give us a pardon. He paid the penalty for our crimes. And if he didn't love us that way, then you and I would not be able to love back. But that's the point. The point is is that we can surely trust God with our lives. Surely we can surrender to him because he loves us so much and we can trust him and he would never ask us to surrender in such a way that it's bad for us i don't know if we really believe that though do we do we really think that if i surrender that god will it's gonna be okay (laughs) it's actually better for me to surrender than it is for me to be committed to something else do we really think it will be all right or is god the bully he's the moral bully he's the one that's up there that's bullying us around because he's all-powerful or is he the one that abuses his power You know, like the people we read about in the paper or we read on the internet or we get notifications about people who have massive amounts of a power only to discover they're abusing that power to manipulate people to get them to do what they want. Maybe that's what God's doing to us, right? Or can we surrender our lives to him because he really does love us and we can trust him that's one of the things that gets in the way of us being able to surrender. Does God really love me? Can can I trust Him? There's another thing that gets in the way of surrender. It's pride. Our pride. Our pride keeps us from admitting that we are creatures instead of God's. The first and oldest temptation Was the desire to be like God. Look at what Genesis says. You know the story, those of you that are familiar with Scripture and been in church a while. In Genesis chapter 3, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. And then Satan, the serpent, said to her, You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. And we've been chasing it ever since. To be like God in our own life, God of my life, God of my destiny, God of what I do. Oh, I believe in God. I know he's there, but you know what? I'm in charge. I'm in charge. We accept our humanity intellectually, but emotionally and behaviorally, we struggle with it. We struggle with it. You see, when we're faced with limitations, we react in such a way that says, I cannot accept that, and I will commit myself to doing what I need to do to overcome that limitation. We cry for all kinds of things. We we call it a, a bunch of different names. We react with anger or apathy or bitterness, but rarely Rarely, when we're faced with a limitation in life, do we look at God and say, I praise you. I praise you for the good that you've brought in my life. No, I'm not as fast as that person. I'm not as rich as that person. I'm not as smart as that person. I didn't have that person's family. I didn't have their success. I didn't have their happiness. I didn't get to take their vacation. But God, you're good to me. Thank you. No, that's not how we respond to the limitations of life. We say, what do I need to do to make it change? That's pride. God said you could have everything but the fruit of this tree. Why did God say I couldn't have that? Oh, because he's withholding from you. And you know what? You be your own God. You go, you make whatever changes and whatever commitments you need to make in your life to go get get what you want, because you're your own God. God's withholding it from you. Folks, that's how most of us emotionally and behaviorally act. I mean, I get it intellectually, especially those of us that have been in church a long time. We can sit here and say, intellectually, we know God is God and I'm a human. He's the creator and I'm the creature, but you know what? I have a really hard time believing he's going to limit me from anything. I'll just go out and get it. That's not a surrendered life. That's, That's not what it means to surrender ourselves to him, and it gets in the way and that's even though God loves us listen when we behave like that God loves us but he's not smiling on us that's that's not how he want he wants he wants us to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the limitations that he places upon our life that's hard isn't it it's hard for me you guys awake this morning that's hard that is hard To accept the limitations that God places. And he's placed them on all of us. All of us have limitations. But does that mean he doesn't love us? And does that mean that we have the right to to fight against him? To overcome a limitation? These verses in James give us a picture of what our lives will look like if we practice surrender. Look at what James says. God opposes the proud. It literally means God fights against the proud, but shows favor to the humble. What is humble? What does that mean? Look at the very next word. Submit means surrender. Surrender yourselves then to God resist the devil and he will flee for you from you come near to God and he will come near to you wash your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded grieve mourn and wail change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up you believe that You see if we resist the devil and draw near to God our hands our heart and our mind will align themselves with God. And then we humble ourselves and we don't have to strive to overcome our limitations because God will lift us up. There's a third thing that gets in the way of you and I surrendering. And that is that surrendering requires obedience, waiting and perseverance so surrendering is not passive resignation it's not um, fatalism or or laziness or or acceptance to status quo that's that's not what it means to surrender to the Lord in fact it's just the opposite it's just the opposite Um, surrendering to God many times is a call to action it's not a call to just, okay, Lord, I'm going to sit here and do nothing. It's just going to happen. Nope. Surrendering to the Lord means I'm actually been called to something. Surrendering to the Lord many times requires us to care when others don't care. That's what happens when we surrender to the Lord. Surrendered people are not weak. They're not doormats. They're not cowards. It's not giving up our rational thinking. When we surrender to the Lord, it doesn't mean that that somehow we lose our reason. In fact, just the opposite happens. People who are surrendered to the Lord have a clarity of thought that other people don't have. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Look at Luke chapter 5 with me as verses 4 and 5. This happened with Jesus and Peter. and I want you to see this is a moment of surrender in Peter's life. Look at what he says when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who's Peter, put out into deep water and let the nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. This is a moment of surrender. Think about this. Peter, Simon, has been committed to catching fish all night. I mean, he cast all night. He was committed. No one could question his commitment to catching fish. But he failed all night long. And then Jesus shows up. Jesus does his little Jesus thing. And then when it's over with, he's with Simon. And he says, oh, okay, Simon, why don't you take your net and throw it off the other side of the boat and catch some fish? Now, Simon, I mean, come on, Lord. Lord. I fished all night, didn't get anything. I mean, I was committed all night. Nothing happened. Yeah, but do it this time. And with clarity and with his personality intact, he surrendered in the moment. That's what what happens when you and I surrender. It requires obedience even when our own commitments haven't worked it requires us to obey not only does it require obedience it requires patience look at psalms 37 be still be patient wait for the lord to act you see surrendered people are not fatalistic they haven't just given up they are waiting on the lord to act or waiting for the lord to tell them what to do they they haven't just Folded their arms or twiddling their thumbs and saying, Well, there's nothing I can do. No, it's just the opposite. They're waiting in anticipation for the Lord to do something. Do you see the difference? There's this anticipation on their part that says, I have surrendered to God in this. Yes, I could try to do something, but you know what? It's probably not going to make it better. But I could try. But instead, Lord, I will wait in anticipation for you to act or for you to tell me what I should do. That is a surrendered person. They're not just accepting things, they're waiting with anticipation for God to do something. Look at this other verse. Not only does it require obedience and patience, look at it requires perseverance to be surrendered. Look at Hebrews 10 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Do you know what the word persevere means? Not commitment. It doesn't mean commitment. Persevere, it carries the idea, it's, it's a word picture, of someone who's carrying a heavy load. This load has been placed upon them, and they're carrying it. And they've got to persevere to keep carrying the load. It's not that they've just sat and doing nothing and they've quit. They've give up. No, surrender means I carry the load that God has given me. I carry it until I've done the will of God. Until I've done what He's asked me to do. And then after I've done it, what happens? I receive the promise. I receive the promise then. So you see, surrendering is, is not just sitting down and accepting things, it is obeying God, it is waiting on God, and it is carrying the load until he says, done, done. Those are all images of people who live surrendered lives, and that's when God smiles. That's when God smiles, and he looks at us, and he says, oh, look at, look at, my, look at my child. Look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look at, look at how they're surrendered to me. Oh, I'm going to give them peace. I'm, I'm going to give them happiness. I'm, I'm going to bless their lives. Because they're surrendered to me. And that's what God is calling you and I to do in 2024. We only got 50 weeks left to do it. But we can only do it today. And tomorrow, wake up and commit ourselves to be surrendered again. We can only do it one day at a time. Look, there's a benefit to surrender. Check this out. Romans 6, 17 and 18. It says, you used to be slaves of sin. But thank God that with your whole heart you obeyed the teachings you were given. You have been set free from sin. You have become slaves of right living. Surrendered to right living. Right living is not perfect living. There is no perfect living. Right living means that it is a life that practices being surrendered to God in the moment. In the moment, am I doing the right thing, the thing that the Lord would want me to do? Am I surrendered to that? Even though it may not make sense to me, even though it's not what I feel like I want to do, even though I feel like I'm going to miss out on something else if I surrender to the Lord right now, if if I surrender to Him now, what, what, what will I miss because I didn't follow through with a commitment somewhere else? What will I miss? Right living says, in the moment, in this moment, in this moment i will surrender to the lord and i will do the right thing that he has asked me to do it leads to this final observation and that is a surrendered life is free to live the right way and that makes god smile that makes him smile listen i know this is challenging it is so hard i wish as I was putting this together and thinking about sharing this with you this morning, I could not help but think of all the times in my life where I was not surrendered. I was committed. Folks, I, I, I'm, I'm like you, I, I'm looking at some of the most committed people and there's people watching online. You are some of the most committed people, committed to your careers, committed to your schedules committed to your diet, committed to your fitness, committed to your hobby, committed to your kids, committed to your education, committed, committed, committed. Oh, I've been there. I am there. I know the struggle, but I'm telling you the smile of God is in surrender. It's not in our commitments. It's in our surrender.